Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Curbison. Today, we're going to recap the SEC over this past weekend. Uh, also going to talk about some memories of playing Florida. My first snap, best player I ever went against, and 2015 and 16, my feelings during those up and downs. So let's start the show. So before we get into the episode, got to shout out our sponsor at Bet Online. Uh, the NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. So last week I gave some uh, locks of the week, missed on both of them. Uh, never said I was good at this, but uh, I'm going to keep trying. Uh, so this week, uh, my two locks, I'm going to take uh, Bills minus two and a half over the 49ers. I think the Bills are a lot better team than them. I think the 49ers just have the LA, LA Rams number, which is why they did so well this past week. Um, but it doesn't mean that they're a complete team. They have so many injuries and things going on right now. There's there's no way. Um, and, I mean, Bills would have even a better record if it wasn't for that Hail Mary versus Arizona. I, you know, I just think they're a really good team. They're going to win by more than two and a half. Uh, and then my second one is uh, Saints minus three and a half over the Falcons. I mean, I just don't see how the Falcons can keep up with the Saints. Uh, earlier in the year, the Saints killed them. And, you know, this last week, how they played against uh, the Raiders, I think, is an anomaly. I think um, the Saints win big here, even with um, Taysom Hill back there. I mean, they know each other so well. I, I just don't see it being that close of a game uh, between those two. So those are my two locks. Uh, so from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always online casino as well. It never closes. So head on to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's get into our SEC recap for the week. Uh, first game up, we have Kentucky versus Florida. Florida wins 34 to 10. Uh, Kentucky's Terry Wilson was 10 of 18, 62 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. He also had 11 carries for 25 yards. Um, Asim Rose Jr., the running back for Kentucky, had uh, 15 carries for 58 yards. 
Uh, Florida's Kyle Trask was 21 of 27, 256 yards, three touchdowns. And Kyle Pitts, their, their tight end, if you want to call him that, was back. He had five receptions, 99 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, Florida kind of started off slow, uh, kept Kentucky in the game. Their special teams uh, really stepped it up and kept a minute, kept them, you know, with the lead. And, you know, Kyle Pitts is back, man. And everyone calls him a tight end, but, geez, he he looks like a wide receiver. I mean, he's screaming down the field. No one can catch him as a tight end. That's crazy to see. Um, he really reminds me more of Calvin Johnson than, you know, a Gronk or a Travis Kelsey or, a, you know, Tony Gonzalez. He, he is – an Andre Johnson, a Calvin Johnson, a DK Metcalf. That's what he looks like out there. And you know, us going into going into this game, I mean, discipline is just going to be huge. Uh, you know, keeping your eyes in the right place because um, they're going to do play action. They're going to run the ball a lot, and if we can stop that run, force them into third and longs, we might have a shot. But I don't know. Playing man coverage versus Kyle Pitts is dangerous, very dangerous. He is such a good athlete, um, a good route runner that I I just feel like we got to put more bodies on him. I mean, it's like you know trying to play man coverage versus Tyree Kill. You see, you see what he does. So I think we got to be careful with Pitts. And offensively, I really hope Harrison Bailey's out there. I really do because. Might as well, right? Might as well. All right, next up we have Vandy versus Missouri. Missouri wins 41 to nothing. Uh, Vandy's Ken Seals was 11 of 18 for 79 yards. Uh, Kenyon Henry Brooks had 15 carries for 64 yards. And then Missouri's Connor Bezalak was 30 for 37, 318 yards. And they're running back Larry Roundtree, the third, had 21 carries, 160 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, I, I It just really sucks that we didn't get to play this game uh, because Vandy is so bad that this would have been great for our momentum going into Florida. It would have been great for confidence on the team, just getting another win because we haven't won since Missouri. And a lot of times that can weigh on you. You just feel like nothing can go right. Um, especially when everything does go right and you beat Auburn in every statistical team category that you can and you still lose the game. Uh, it's pretty frustrating. So I honestly would have loved to have this game uh, going into Florida, but we did not. Um, and... I, I think it is incredible that a girl actually got a chance to play and kick um, and be a part of football. I don't necessarily think that one one uh, facet of human beings have to be in a specific sport. If you're good enough to play, go on the field. That That's how I see it. And, of course, Vandy just almost ruined the opportunity to be at the forefront of something huge. Their offense is so horrible, they couldn't even get in field goal range. Like, get the girl some points, man. Goodness gracious. 
I was excited. I was watching that game like, hey, get get a touchdown, let her kick an extra point, or get in field goal range. I want to see her get points. I want I want that to be her first kick, not a kickoff. So, and honestly, it sucks that it was Vanderbilt and they just missed out on a amazing opportunity and an amazing chance to be you know at the forefront of something and uh, be a representative of a big change, but they missed it. <laughs> uh, all right, so next game, Auburn versus Alabama. Uh, Alabama wins 13-42. Auburn's Bo Nix was 23-38, 227 yards, and two interceptions. Uh, Mark Anthony Richards had 14 carries for 57 yards, who is another freshman for him. So they have two freshman running backs, and uh, him and Bigsby, that are really, really good players. So future honestly looks good for Auburn. Uh, and then Alabama's Mac Jones was 18 of 26, 302 yards, and five touchdowns. Uh, Devontae Smith, his favorite, had seven receptions, 171 yards, and two touchdowns. And, you know, I was really looking at it. Bo Nix had a better QBR versus Alabama than he did versus us, and they only scored 13 points. So it, it's exactly <laughs> – it's just a testament to like I did the best that I could, put all of the pieces in the right place, and it just didn't happen. Like I can't believe we lost that Auburn game. With there were just so many great plays, uh, a lot of players played their best game of the year, and it still turned out as a loss. It's just so disheartening uh, to see that happen, and. I honestly do not believe that Saban sat in his house and just watched the telecast of the Auburn-Alabama game. Acting like he had no input whatsoever to the game plan, talking to the coaches. Yeah, right. Are you kidding me? The kind of control freak that guy is? He definitely talked about what to do. He definitely called them at halftime at least it was like, hey, we need to start doing this. Uh, this is the adjustments we need to make. You know, why aren't we running this play? What's the defense looking like? I mean, he had to be more involved than that. And he's just, you know, giving credit to the other coaches. Bull crap. He was all in their ears and you know it. This is the Iron Bowl. There's no way he's going to miss out on that. So I just thought that was funny that the narrative was, oh, yeah, he's just sitting on his couch watching the game, popping his feet up. Uh-huh. Yeah, because that sounds like Saban. Uh, all right, so biggest game of the week uh, and closest one was Mississippi State versus Ole Miss. Ole Miss wins 31-24. to uh, Mississippi State's Will Rogers was 45-61, 440 yards and three touchdowns. And uh, Jaden Whaley, wide receiver, had nine receptions for 176 yards. Ole Miss's uh, Matt Carroll was 24 for 36, 385 yards, two touchdowns. And Elijah Moore had 12 receptions for 139 yards. Now, Elijah Moore is, if you need a first down, he is an incredible wide receiver, always open. They call him the prophet because of his celebration, his excessive celebration versus Mississippi State a few years ago, ends up where they lose the game 
because it backs them up um, with the extra point. They miss the extra point. They end up losing the game. Coach gets fired. Everything changes. They get Lane Kiffin, and now they're back onto the rise. So they call him the prophet as like, he did that, and it made all these pieces fall and made it to where Ole Miss can be where they want to be, which is just crazy to think about. Um, you know, and Lane Kiffin goes for it six times on fourth down. I, I, he doesn't care. Like, he's going to go play like he is in a video game. Like I said, he goes for it on fourth down six times. Like, you don't see that ever. Um, and the one turnover for Mississippi State in the first half, the literally driving, you know, within the 10-yard line, uh, guy fumbles it on the goal line. Ole Miss takes it back to, like, the opposing 20-yard line, and they end up scoring, going up 14 to nothing. That was it. That was the game, and it sucks. I, you know, Mississippi State fans had have been freaking out when that happened. Um, I've been there, bud. I've been there. I think us UT fans can uh, feel your pain on that and understand what you're going through. There's a lot of stuff that it's just so close and just gets pulled out from under you. So, totally get that. Next up, we've got uh, LSU versus Texas A&M. Texas A&M wins 20-7. to uh, LSU's Finley got benched uh, after two interceptions for uh, Max Johnson. So, Max comes in. He goes 14 of 22, 113 yards, and one touchdown. Um, Terrace Marshall Jr., had 10 receptions for 134 yards and a touchdown. Texas A&M's uh, Kellen Mond was 11 for 34 and 105 yards, so played pretty bad. Um, but Isaiah Spiller, the running back, had 27 carries for 141 yards and one touchdown. You know, Texas A&M only scored 13 points offensively. Uh, they had the defensive touchdown to make it 20, and Mond just looked so bad throughout the entire game, you know, and they had those three weeks. I mean, because two of their games got postponed, you would have thought they would have had a good game plan. They would have been able to figure things out. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what made them lackadaisical uh, as they were and why Mon struggled so much because he has played pretty well uh, throughout the season. But their defense saved him, man. Um, coming up with big turnovers and just playing balls to the wall. But I do think we're really going to have to figure out the quarterback situation before that game because, I mean, they were just picking on Finley like crazy. Uh, you know, he the picks that he did throw, he was under duress and probably shouldn't have thrown the ball. But I can just see the exact same thing happen to Garantano that happened to him. So... Hopefully Harrison Bailey's in there to where even if he does throw picks, it's, hey, we're getting ready for the future. This is a good learning experience for him. And, you know, we'll be able to have a positive outlook on the game. So, all right. And then last uh, game on the slate, uh, Georgia versus South Carolina. Georgia wins 45-16. to 16. Uh, JT Barrett was 10 of 16. 139 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, James Cook, 
the running back for Georgia had six carries for 140, 104 yards and two touchdowns. South Carolina's Luke Dottie was 18 for 22, 190 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, he also carried the ball f- 11 times. Um, he has a total of 15 carries for minus 15 yards, but they account the four sacks they had on him. Um, Nick Muse, the wide receiver, had eight receptions, 131 yards, and one touchdown. So obviously that's Dottie's go-to guy. I just I, I worry that uh, you know Dottie can run, which is great, but them trying to use him too much in the running game, like Auburn does with Bo Nix, is it's not good. He is a quarterback for a reason. A lot of teams want to use quarterbacks like Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow was a generational quarterback. I mean, a person you do not get all the time. You know, him and Cam Newton. Those guys are crazy athletes. You don't see them that often anymore. And, you know, if you want to look around like, oh, like, well, what about some of the other athletic quarterbacks that did run? Like Johnny Manziel? They didn't call running plays for Johnny Manziel. He might have done like a quarterback draw every now and then, but a lot of his runs were scrambles, were you know getting out of the pocket because nothing was open downfield, and that's what's very dangerous. That's what they need to do with Bo Nix and with Luke Dottie. It it can't be oh let's run this this power with this running back or this quarterback. It doesn't work with them. They just aren't as good at running the ball. So just be careful. You know, Dobbs is a little different than than they are. And, I mean, Georgia got back to what Georgia is, you know, last week with JT Daniels throwing near 400 yards and barely running the ball. Now they have, you know, 332 yards rushing on the ground. So back to what they're used to. Um and just crush them. So most of these games were blowouts. Uh, that Mississippi State Ole Miss game was the only one that was really close. So it was good, though, because Vols didn't lose this week. <laughs> um, I'm just happy the Titans are winning and uh, keeping me alive on the weekends. But, uh, all right, that's the SEC recap. Um, let's get into Florida week. So with it now being Florida week, I just wanted to talk about how I feel about Florida, my experiences throughout my career with Florida. Um, Just, yeah, we'll just talk about that. I I can't express how much I hate Florida. They are the biggest rival to me. Um, I would rather beat them than any other team in the SEC. Not Georgia, not South Carolina, not even Bama. I hate Florida. Growing up, Florida was always the team we needed to beat to get to the SEC championship. Uh, It made the game even more important than the Alabama game. And growing up before I played, the fans were horrible if you went to games. Florida fans were so obnoxious. Um, You know, I've heard stories of them throwing piss on people, throwing ice at people, and it, they just stink, man. I, I I can't stand them. And, you know, when we started 
playing against them, it, the guys on the other team are horrible too. They never shut their mouth. They just talk, 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 talk the entire game. It's one of the most annoying things ever. Um, and I'm, you know, I was crushed my last year when we didn't beat them down in Gainesville. We go up 13. Uh, it was a third and 10 down north, near the goal line. And we run inside zone to my side. Jalen Hurd goes right off of my butt, scores a touchdown, third and 10. We kick the extra point, go up 13. And they come back, score 14 points. Uh, we get one more drive to try and kick a field goal. We actually get into somewhat of a field goal range. Um, Aaron Medley is kicking for us. Uh, and I, I'm on field goal. I, you know, that was a place that I took pride in because it was my first chance to get on the field when I was a redshirt freshman. So I always thought field goal was really important. And I played the right side, uh, right guard on field goal. We happened to be on the right hash. So the rush was coming from the left guard. They uh, took a timeout and froze the kicker. So Dylan Wiseman, who was the left guard on field goal at that point, got a chance to feel the rush. Uh, I think he had rolled his ankle earlier in the game. And after that play happened, and, it, and you know, it didn't count because uh, they called the timeout, he lo- looked over at me. I was like, do you want to switch? And he was like, yes. So I switched with him, went over to left guard, and I just wanted it to be understood. I, I would do anything to try and win this game. We kicked the field goal, uh, miss it by about a foot to the right. Um, and I cried like a freaking baby. Uh, and shout out Chris uh, Spagnardi, Spags, um, because I really collapsed on the field and felt very depressed and upset and sad and angry and all of those things. And Chris ran over to me, Spags, picked me up, turned me around, had me walk back to the locker room because he did not want you know, me to be a picture they could use, um, put on the front page newspaper or you know, catch me in one of my lowest moments. So shout out to Spags, great guy, uh, always liked him, but just crushing. Uh, it was, you know, the only game I didn't do interviews after the game, my senior year, I just didn't have control of my emotions to be able to go in there. Uh, I was crying for 30 minutes, probably. So it means a lot to me. It always did. Um, And there's so many stories of Florida because the first opportunity I got to play offensive line, not necessarily field goal, was versus Florida. Um, Juwan James's helmet came off. And... He had to come out of the game. 
Um, so I went in, they moved Zach Fulton out to right tackle. I went in at right guard. And the fact that growing up as a Knoxville guy, always rooting for Tennessee, always hated Florida, saw them as our biggest rival. The first time I get on the field is versus Florida. I'm going against, um, you know, one of their really good defensive tackles. Uh, I think its name was um, Floyd. And I jump off sides. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, partly because I wasn't used to the snap count of first team, which was, you know, James Stone and, and Tyler Bray. Part of it was jitters. Um and what sucked is I couldn't come out. I had to stay out there f- for an actual play before uh, Jawan could come back in. Um, and, you know, it, it was just, I couldn't believe that that was how I made my debut. But, you know, live and learn. Um, and then the best player I ever played against, uh, you know, Dante Fowler, defensive end for Florida. Uh, he was drafted third overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, 2015 draft. And that guy, I, I've never seen someone quicker, uh, faster with their hands, sneaky long, um, player. His arms were crazy and they used it. They used highlights he had versus me when he got drafted so now i was joking you know i was like oh yeah i was on uh i was on draft night so you could you could see me getting getting beat by dante fowler but man that guy was fast uh so athletic and got two sacks on me uh so always hated that but uh, you know every other play i did pretty well i locked him down but you know he got me twice um but definitely made me a better player if you really want to think of it. So, you know, I, I was able to become better at left tackle and, uh, you know, be able to go into the next season um, and only give up one sack the entire season. So, you know, shout out to Dante Fowler, I guess. But, man, Florida is a team that if we beat and don't win another game the entire year, I'm okay. That's how much I want to beat them. That's how much it feels to me. And I had some other guys on the team that felt the same way. Um, Jordan Williams, Travars Salisbury, they came from Gainesville, Florida. Felt a little gypped about the recruiting that Florida had towards them. You know, all their friends rooted for Florida, and I know they wanted to win versus them and be able to get that monkey off their back. And, you know, it sucks that we weren't able to do that while I was there. But I'll tell you what, man, the next season, 2016, the year after I graduated, we ended up ending that 12-year drought. We beat Florida and Neyland. We're in the gray jerseys. I was I was there um, in the student section. Uh, and, again, cried like a baby. I I was so happy at that moment. Uh, I couldn't contain it. It was a thing of beauty. I'm so happy that I was able to experience it. And 
you know, we went, uh, I went to the locker room after that game and hugged everyone, uh, went in there and thanked every single one of them. Um, I was so proud of what they did. I was so happy that they were able to get over that hump. And there was a few guys that, you know, said, Hey man, like we did that. We did that for you. Um, we know that you missed out on it. I'm happy to give you this joy. And that's amazing. It, it, it The connection of a team, the connection of guys that you play with, you, you don't get that anywhere else. I mean, I hugged, hugged everybody. Equipment managers, Hawk, uh, Coach Jones, all the offensive linemen, Coach Mahoney, uh, Dobbs, Heard, uh, Jawan Jennings, everybody just thanking them, uh, letting them know that I, I'm so proud of them, and uh, you know that was a good time. That was a great win uh, for us, and I, I was happy to be a part of it. You know, I wasn't out in the field, but I was happy to be there, watching that game, uh, be in Neyland, and get to see the guys afterwards. Uh, it was something that made my year that year. So I'm just hoping um, we can uh, go out there and give it our all. And honestly, you just never know. Sometimes a team can shock you. Who knows? I'm still going to root for them like we have the best chance in the world to win this game. It's going to be tough, though. Florida's the number two team in the SEC. Uh, if they were to beat Alabama in the SEC championship, they go to college football playoffs. They're a good, very, very good team. So this would be a big win for us, for Jeremy Pruitt, uh, for Harrison Bailey, hopefully, if he's playing, and would feel amazing, would make my weekend uh and my year if they were able to pull this off so rooting for them all the way and i look forward to hopefully finishing the season with a florida win thank you guys for joining me on this show um rate and subscribe let me know what you think about the podcast uh, i got about a loyal 60 viewers every week uh, please share with your friends, let them know about me and follow me on social media, Kyler Kerbison, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Also follow believe in podcasts. Um, there's a lot of other great podcasts on there. And, uh, as always go Vols. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.